This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, Episode 7. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's topic, audio taping your depositions. For years, I've been advocating that litigators bring their own tape recorder to depositions and independently recording the testimony themselves in addition to whatever the other methods are that are being used. But I've never yet encountered a lawyer who's done so. If you're not doing this, I think you're missing out. You might ask, well, why bother? First, is it even proper? Second, if the court reporter is already typing down every word, and likely also recording it as well using their own recording device, which they use for backup and accuracy checks, why would you need to? And if somebody's videotaping it, all the more reason you might ask, why? Here are half a dozen reasons off the top of my head. First, because your deponent when provided a draft of the transcript a month after the deposition actually took place, if not much longer than that, is not going to remember word for word what they said. So reserving the right to read doesn't mean a whole lot if your witness sits down and can't be certain exactly what they said in their deposition. On the other hand, if you independently audio recorded it, you can provide your witness with an audio track of the entire deposition. That way, they can check it for accuracy in the truest sense of the word. Piece of cake. Frankly, I don't even know how any deponent can review a transcript to ensure that it's correct word for word long after they testified. And remember this, when the reporter or the reporter's scopist, the person who finalizes and polishes the transcript before it's released, goes through it for accuracy, do you know what they use? Of course, an audio file. If they only had the transcript, there'd be no way for them to ensure that it's accurate. Second point, even if the deponent does not want to review the transcript, you can review it for accuracy or have one of your paralegals review it for accuracy by playing the audio while reading the draft or even a final version. Reporters make more mistakes than most lawyers would believe. It's a tough job. Sometimes they just get it wrong. Sometimes their backup tape gets erased and sometimes their recorder malfunctions. They can't do better than what they have available. If you have a backup recording yourself, you don't have to sweat that. If you don't, then what you get is the draft transcript alone. It's not the way to review for accuracy. A third point. In the era of Zoom video depositions, you should have as many backups to your backups as possible. I'm sure you've had situations where the reporter or a remote videographer got disconnected a minute or two before you realized they were no longer there. Now, if your witness just said something critical and the reporter didn't catch it, you've got a problem because you're not likely to get that exact same answer again. But if you've got an independent audio tape, you're covered. Point four, as a rule, court reporters will not let you use their own private proprietary audio recording to check transcripts. That's for their use. Now, some reporters will provide you copies if you request it, but many don't, and you can't assume that you'll have access to it. So create your own. Point five, if you think you're going to encounter an opposing lawyer who may be verbally abusive, having a visible independent audio recorder tends to tamp down that kind of misconduct. Personally, I use the Zoom H5. It has nothing to do, as far as I know, with the Zoom video conferencing software. But I use the Zoom H5, which is an outstanding stereo four-track recorder. Very easy to use, looks awesome, captures perfect sound. You want a high-quality recorder in case you need to play that audio in an official setting. The Zoom H5 runs about $275 online, and it's worth every penny. 
you can definitely buy a far less expensive digital recorder for as cheap as $25, but the sound isn't anything close to what you would want to play in a mediation or a courtroom. So go big when you're buying your uh, digital audio recorder for use in depositions. A sixth benefit. Playing actual audio clips in a mediation can have a powerful effect in motivating your adversary to settle. Now, you can read the transcript of their testimony, of course, but it's not the same. And I suppose you could set up your laptop or an iPad to play videotape if you videotape the deposition, but that's a bit more of a hassle. But you can easily create audio clips of an adversary's voice and play them in mediation in whatever order you want. It's very easy to do. And there's nothing more powerful than hearing an opponent's unfavorable testimony in their own voice. Uh, seventh point. You can play the audio recording in court as well. Remember that assuming you provided proper notice of your plan to independently record the deposition, your recording is another official version of the testimony. Lots of lawyers videotape depositions, although I see very few actually using much of that video in trials, and I suspect that's because it's a bit of a hassle to get those video clips lined up in a meaningful way but you can rack up one audio clip after another for devastating effect at very low cost and with very little hassle. If you're familiar with sound editing software, as simple as iMovie or something more sophisticated like Adobe Audition, you can very easily edit audio a lot faster than you could video. And if you use a high quality stereo recorder, like the one I mentioned that I use, the sound of the opposing witness's voice booming in stereo over courtroom speakers as you impeach them in their own voice is breathtaking. Okay, let's talk about the legal basis for audio recording. You'll find it in Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 30B3B. Keep in mind that here, as I do in all of my podcasts and books, I do work chiefly from the federal rules because the majority of states have adopted the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure either verbatim or in substantial form. But you'll always want to check your specific jurisdiction's rules to make sure they're what you think they are. Some state court rules of civil procedure do not allow you to audio tape without advanced court approval. So be sure to check if you're not operating under the federal rules or a state court analog. So federal rule 30B3 is the rule that provides for method of recording. In fact, that's what that subsection, subsection three is titled method of recording. 30B3A is titled method stated in the notice and it reads, the party who notices the deposition must state in the notice the method for recording the testimony. Unless the court orders otherwise, testimony may be recorded by audio, audiovisual, or stenographic means. The noticing party bears the recording costs. Any party may arrange to transcribe a deposition. All right, so if you noticed the deposition, you have to make sure if you plan on independently audio taping apart from the court reporter or anyone else, you've got to make sure that you say so in the notice. And it can be something as simple as adding a sentence to your standard notice that says plaintiff or defendant, whichever side you represent, will be independently audio taping the testimony pursuant to Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 30B3B apart from any other method stated in this notice, period, close quote. That's how I phrase it, nice and clean. But that's it. That's all the notice needs to say under the federal rule. Now be sure, if your notice includes the deposition of witnesses that aren't represented by counsel and won't be receiving your notice of taking deposition, the one that goes to other lawyers, 
that you include similar language in the deposition subpoena that will go to those unrepresented witnesses. That's because the rule requires that the witnesses, including unrepresented deponents, as well as the lawyers, must receive notice of your intent to independently audio tape. Now, what if you're not the party noticing the deposition? Well, you still need to give advance notice of your intent to separately audio tape. And it's enough to send an email or to create something that looks like a pleading simply called uh, Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 30B3B Notice of Use of Additional Method for Recording Testimony, something like that. Footnote here, you don't want to inadvertently call it a notice of deposition or anything close because all you're doing is providing notice that you plan to independently audio record. You're not cross-noticing the depositions, or at least that's not within the scope of this topic. And you certainly don't want that notice of your plan to use an additional method to be treated as an unintentional cross-notice that might burn off one of your allotted depositions in the case if you're in a jurisdiction that limits the number of depositions you can take. Rule 30B3B provides the authority for you to record separate from what the noticing party will be due. 30B3B says, quote, additional method, that's the title of the subsection, with prior notice to the deponent and other parties, any party may designate another method for recording the testimony in addition to that specified in the original notice. That party bears the expense of the additional record or transcript unless the court orders otherwise. So that's the additional methods provision that allows you to independently audio tape the deposition if you're not the one who noticed the deposition in the first instance. You just got to give that notice to the deponent and other parties. Now, one twist here. What if you're not the noticing party and the deponent is an unrepresented witness and you don't have their contact information for some reason? Hopefully you do have the contact information because the noticing party should have provided you copies of the deposition subpoenas. But even if you haven't provided notice to the unrepresented witness prior to the day of deposition, I suspect that a court's probably not going to fault you if you simply inform the deponent at that time that you are also recording. Now, what if you don't provide notice at all? Well, some courts have held that audio recording under those circumstances without prior notice is an unauthorized additional method of recording the deposition under Rule 30B3B. That's in footnote 10 from a case titled Burgess, B-U-R-G-E-S-S, versus Town of Wallingford, W-A-L-L-I-N-G-F-O-R-D, 2012 Westlaw 434 4194 District Court, Connecticut, 2012. The district judge in that case specifically mentioned audio taping as falling within the scope of the additional methods provision of the rule, but did say if you didn't give notice, it's an unauthorized additional method and you can't use the recording. Now, for my own purposes, I've only had one lawyer challenge my uh, setup of an audio recording device and the court swiftly rejected the challenge. You can find the order in my case in a, in a decision called Patrice Choice versus River Chase Care Center doing business as NF River Chase LLC, federal case number 415CB456 WS, Northern District of Florida, September 30, 2016, and it's a CMECF document 23. Here's what the court said in my case in key part about the challenge to my uh, notice saying that I was going to audio tape it and my actions on the day of deposition of actually audio recording. So it's titled order. It says defendant filed a motion for a protective order on September 29, 2016 
on the eve of scheduled depositions. Defendant seeks an order forbidding plaintiff's counsel, that's me, from audio recording the depositions with personal devices in addition to the court reporter's recording. Plaintiff objects to the motion. Rule 30B requires reasonable written notice of a deposition and must state the method of recording the testimony. Notice was provided. Quote, unless the court orders otherwise, testimony may be recorded by audio, audiovisual, or stenographic means, close quote. And the judge there was quoting Federal Rule 30B3A. The judge went on. The notice advised that plaintiff's counsel would, quote, independently audio record the depositions separate and apart from the recording created by the court reporter, period, close quote. And that's the language that I put in the notice at that time. Judge says, advance notice was provided and no harm or prejudice has been shown. The motion for protective order is denied, period. So that was it, short and sweet. For another case on point and supporting independent audio recording, check out Stern versus Cosby, C-O-S-B-Y, 529F SUP 2nd, 417-420, Southern District of New York, 2007. The parenthetical on that is, unless a court orders otherwise, a party can audio tape a deposition as a matter of right, as long as notice is given of the party's intention to do so. One last caveat before we wrap up. If you're going to play audio from a deposition at trial, you've got to provide a transcript of the pertinent parts of the deposition in advance of the trial. Now, it doesn't have to be a transcript created by an independent party. You can have your staff do that, but you've got to provide a transcript. That's under Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 26A3A, Roman numeral 2. Here's what the 1993 committee notes to Rule 26A3B's revision has to say. And I throw this out here just for your consideration. It says, quote, subparagraph B requires the party to indicate which of these potential witnesses will be presented by deposition at trial. A party expecting to use at trial a deposition not recorded by stenographic means is required by revised rule 32 to provide the court with a transcript of the pertinent portions of such depositions. This rule requires that copies of the transcript of a non-stenographic deposition be provided to other parties in advance of trial for verification, an obvious concern since counsel often utilizes their own personnel to prepare transcripts from audio or videotapes. By order or local rule, a court may require that parties designate the particular portions of stenographic depositions to be used at trial. So, there you have it. Independent audio recording is an unbelievably valuable tool, and I certainly would encourage you to try it and consider doing it on a regular basis. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. As always, we very much appreciate a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever. And be sure to check out the 450-page third edition of our best-selling book, 10,000 Depositions Later, The Premier Guide for Superior Deposition Practice. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and just about everywhere else books are sold. Thanks again.